All right. Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries, a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Um, we started a new study the other day. It's going to be short, uh, but the basic premise of the question is, water baptism for the body of Christ? Is water baptism for the body of Christ? Um, I went ahead and put their um, notes here on my blog. Uh, you can either get there by going to directionalministries.blogspot.com or dwaynespearman.org. And you can see part one is water baptism for the body of Christ. Um, also, remember that um, all of the studies, I went ahead and made a separate category called topical studies, which is where you will find this study on baptism, as well as some other studies that I've done in the past. And then also uh, video studies. Again, I have added a topical section, uh, so you can check out that as well. Um, so every day I'll be putting those things there. So um, the question was last time um, that I have been struggling with uh, since I came to a mid-acts position um, is, is baptism for the body of Christ? Is it required for salvation today? Now, there are many in the church that believe in the doctrine of baptismal regeneration, that you have to be baptized uh, to be saved. Or others will say, like I said for many years, that baptism is not a requirement for salvation, but it is required for obedience. Um, now, most denominations, uh, and I pointed this out last time, will start their argument in Matthew chapter 3. Uh, that's where they'll go. Uh, and they'll point to John the Baptist. And, of course, he was called the Baptist because he was the baptizer. And in Matthew 3, verses 1 through 12, it talks about how John uh, came preaching in the wilderness, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And uh, now John himself had garments of camel's hair and a leather belt about his waist and food and locusts and wild honey. And um, many were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they confessed their sins. Uh, and then when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming for baptism, he said, you brood of vipers who has warned, warned you to flee. And then it gets interesting down in verse number 11. As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me, who's mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So what we see here and what we talked about last time is that where we go to prove baptism actually disproves water baptism. Um, because in these verses, there's actually three baptisms that are mentioned there. John says that he's baptizing them with water unto repentance, but there was going to be one who come after him, and of course he's referring to Jesus, who would baptize them with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So three baptisms. Now, who was John baptizing? John was baptizing Jews and Jews only, and his baptism was called the baptism of repentance. But he says that Jesus, when he comes, who's mightier than he, 
is going to baptize them with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, when were they to be baptized with the Holy Ghost? At Pentecost, in Acts chapter number 2, the fulfillment of Joel chapter 2. Um, this is uh, That took place at Pentecost when they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when were they going to be baptized with fire? Now, the context makes it very clear that the baptism that is spoken of here is not a good thing because it speaks of judgment. Because notice we pointed this out last time in Matthew 3.11, I indeed baptize you with water and repentance. And, of course, others did that. Peter did that as well and, and some of the other apostles. But he that cometh after me, who's mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And, of course, that happened at Pentecost, and with fire. And then notice the semicolon here, okay, or or the colon, um, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into his garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So this fire is further explained as judgment. Um, and unfortunately, many people today, especially in Pentecostal circles, speak of the baptism with fire. But the fire spoken of here looked to the tribulation. So the water baptism that John offered was for repentance Israel. The baptism of the Holy Ghost was for believing Israel. And the baptism with fire was for unbelieving Israel. So in these verses, we see three baptisms and two baptizers. So which of these is for the church? The answer is simply neither. Neither of them are for the church. Um, Since I arrived at a mid-Acts position, and I'm not alone. This has been around a long time. I've been reading a lot of Bullinger, um, and I've done a lot of his, um, I've quoted a lot of him. I mean, he was back in the... um, in the uh, 19th century, um, in the 18th century, um, his ministry was, I think, around 1897-ish, all the way up to like the 1920s. Um, he, he spoke on this, and he was an Anglican. Uh, he was an Anglican priest, and he began to see that the church was not born in Acts chapter number 2, and that everything that happened in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and halfway through the book of Acts, has nothing, has really nothing to do with the body of Christ. It has everything to do with the nation of Israel, who was given, being given a chance to respond to the gospel of the kingdom, which is repent and be baptized, and you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, it wasn't until later uh, that the church was born under the Apostle Paul. So, that's the first argument that people will go to. They'll go to the first, um, the first verses there in Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Now, the second argument for those who defend baptism is that they will point out that Jesus was baptized as proof that we also need to follow his example. And this verse comes from, and I've quoted it, I've quoted it a million times, uh, Matthew three thirteen. then cometh Jesus from Galilee, to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus said unto him, uh, let me get my verses here, I'm sorry. And Jesus said unto him, 
um, suffer it to be so, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. He allowed him. And Jesus was baptized and came up out of the water. So the second argument that's given is, well, Jesus was baptized and we're supposed to follow his example. Well, the problem with this view is that Jesus was exclusively ministering to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And the only ones that were to follow his example was the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In Matthew 15, verse number 24, But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So who was Jesus sent to minister to? The lost sheep of the house of Israel. And again, I, it's, it's black and white. <laughs> Again, we have been taught to come to the Scriptures with a denominational filter that's been given to us. We don't go to the Scripture for information. We have learned to go to the Scripture for confirmation. We're told something that we should believe, so we go to the Scripture and we prove it to ourselves. Unfortunately, we're not going to the Scripture and reading it for face value. Jesus said, I came not but only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So who did Jesus come to minister to? The lost sheep of the house of Israel up until the day he died. And even after his ascension, when he came to the apostles and he spent 40 days with them, he still didn't go to Gentiles. And neither did the apostles. They did not go to Gentiles. It wasn't until Acts chapter number 10, when Peter went to Cornelius, that the first Gentile was involved in the Acts story. So Jesus' baptism was to set an example for them to follow, them being the Jews, not us. Um, Matthew, Matthew 3, 15, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Suffered to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Whose righteousness? Their righteousness for them. Jesus' baptism was unique in that it was required just as Moses spoke of for the priesthood. In, in, in Exodus uh, chapter number 29, And this is the thing that thou shalt do unto them, to hallow them, to minister unto me in the priest's office. Now you remember uh, when they came up out of Egypt and Aaron uh, became the high priest. And it says, you are to take one bullock and two rams without blemish and unleavened bread and cakes and tempered with oil and wafers and unleavened oil uh, with oil and wheat and flour shalt thou make them. Uh, And again, this was Aaron and and his children. And thou shalt put them into one basket and bring them in the basket with the bullock and the two rams. Um. And Aaron and his sons thou shalt bring into the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and you shall wash them with water. You'll wash them with water. Jesus was being baptized because he was becoming the high priest of the nation. Not after the order of Aaron, but after the order of Melchizedek. And Hebrews talks about this over and over and over and over again. Who is the book of Hebrews written to? The Hebrews. Not to the Gentiles. It was written to the Hebrews. Um, In Hebrews chapter 2, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be merciful and 
might be a merciful and faithful what? High priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sons of the people. Jesus' baptism was the baptism of the priesthood. Uh, in uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verse number 1, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. In Hebrews 4, verse number 14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but with all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Just over and over in the book of Hebrews, we are told that he is our high priest. Jesus' baptism was fulfilling the law, that the high priest was to be baptized. The descendants of Aaron, who was the first high priest, and then his two sons, they were all um, washed with water. Um, in Hebrews 5, 5, so also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but that he said unto him, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. Called of God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus came from the lineage of Judah. He did not come from the lineage of Aaron. But he was a different high priest. He was a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. In Hebrews 6.20, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Uh, Hebrews, now, of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. This is the conclusion. We have such a high priest who is, who is set at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Hebrews 9.7, but unto the second went the high priest, alone once every year, but with not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the ears of the people. Now, he's referring to the, old, to the high priest back in the, the Old Testament. But in Hebrews 9.11, but Christ, being come a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. So, Jesus was baptized according to the law as the high priest of the nation. And then the nation of Israel was supposed to follow his example. You remember right here it says in 3.15, to fulfill all righteousness. The nation of Israel, he was an example to them, not to us. The nation was to follow in this example to fulfill all righteousness. As foretold in Exodus 19.6, And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So who was to be a kingdom of priests unto the Lord? The nation of Israel. They are the kingdom of priests. Not you and me, not the body of Christ, uh, the next study that I'm going to look at is, are we a kingdom of priests? No, we're not. We're not in the priesthood. The priesthood was for the nation of Israel. And then God was to use the nation of Israel in that priestly role to do what? Reach the Gentiles. 
in Isaiah 49, verse number six. And he said, it is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the ends of the earth. Understand the whole purpose of Christ's first coming was for the nation of Israel to recognize him as their high priest, and they were to repent and be baptized. And then the Lord was going to establish his kingdom on earth, and he was going to use them to reach the Gentile nations. That was plan A. That was what was supposed to happen. That's what coulda, shoulda, woulda happened if the nation of Israel would have repented, would have accepted him as their king and their high priest. They too would have been a king, a priest, a king, a priesthood, a royal priesthood, and they would have been used to to reach the, the nations, to reach the Gentiles. Thus saith the Lord, look in verse 7, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to him whom man despiseth, to him whom the nation abhorreth, to a servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes also shall worship, because the Lord that is faithful and the Holy One of Israel, and he shall choose thee. It was the nation that was to reach the Gentiles. They were to follow Christ's example of baptism because they were going to be the royal priesthood to be used by him in his kingdom to reach the Gentile nations. In Isaiah 60, verse number 3, Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. He's not talking to you and me. He's talking to the nation of Israel. And the Gentiles, that's you and me, shall come to thy light, and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. God was going to use the nation of Israel to reach the Gentiles. In Zechariah 8.20, and this is just a small sampling of verses. Read the Old Testament without your filter on. The church is not there. The body of Christ is not there. It was hidden in Christ. It's not there. No one knew about it until the Apostle Paul. In Zechariah 8.23, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, In those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all the languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew. We will go with you. For we have heard that God is with you. That was the plan. That was plan A. That's what God wanted to do. So Jesus' baptism was not an example for the Gentiles to follow. It was not an example for the body of Christ to follow. It was a fulfillment of the law. He is a high priest, not after the order of of Aaron, but after the order of Melchizedek. And then all the Jews who followed him and repented and were also baptized would be a royal priesthood that God would use to reach the Gentile nations during the kingdom. See, that's what should have happened. That's what could have happened. That's what would have happened if the Jew 
the nation of Israel had repented at Pentecost. That's what should have happened. And then we should have rolled into the tribulation, which is that baptism with fire. The Holy Ghost happened at Pentecost. Fire would have happened during the tribulation period for unbelieving Israel. That was plan A. Next time we get together, I guess we're going <laughs> to uh, have a, at least one more part. We're going to talk about the fourth baptism. There is a fourth baptism. Remember now, we're talking about the baptism of repentance. We're talking about the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And we're talking about the baptism with fire. So we've already looked at those three. And all of them are for the nation of Israel. How about that fourth baptism, uh, which is mentioned in Luke chapter 12, verses 49 through 50. And we'll look at that next time. So, well, God bless you guys. It's been a privilege to be with you. I hope you enjoy this. And um, hope that you, today is January the 1st. Happy New Year. 2021, Lord willing, uh, 2021 will be a whole lot better than 2020. <laughs> uh, but uh, God bless you guys. Remember that God loves you, wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good.